This is 100 Days of Dante, a podcast journey through Dante's divine comedy, one canto at a time. Join us online at 100daysofdante.com. Let's read together. Well, we have made it with Dante to the top of Mount Purgatory, and we are now two-thirds of the way through the entire divine comedy. In Purgatory, we have encountered repentant sinners being transformed by grace, enduring punishments befitting their vices, and being instructed in the relevant virtues. At the end of his ascent to Purgatory, Dante reaches the earthly paradise, the Garden of Eden. His journey forward from sin and error to grace and virtue has in fact been a journey backward to the place where the entire human drama of creation, fall, and redemption began. The first two books have covered a great deal of ground. For the particulars of Dante's own quest, the final cantos of Purgatory have been especially dramatic. Virgil, his trusted guide, has departed, and Beatrice has appeared. Her beauty aroused his youthful devotion. Her intervention as an instrument of divine providence made possible the entire journey of the comedy. But their reunion is not as harmonious as Dante had perhaps hoped. She is, if anything, an even more demanding teacher than Virgil ever was. She repeatedly chastises him for his excessive love of her bodily beauty, and more generally, for the manner in which he has allowed his intellect and will to stray from what is truly beautiful, the ultimate good found only in God. Appearing in the form of a military general, Beatrice is hardly interested in small talk or in revisiting her past relationship with Dante. She orders, repeatedly orders him, to write about what he has seen in the earthly paradise. Dante is to address his written work to those, she says, who live the life that is a race to death. The notion of a race to death is ironic, since no one except the consciously despairing runs toward it, nor do we compete to see who gets there first. But our mortal nature tends inevitably toward that end, even as resists acknowledging this most obvious fact. The question for all of us running the race is what will have been the shape of our lives leading up to death, and what will be the state of our souls at that moment? Will our lives have been characterized by aimless meandering, dominated by the whims of vagrant passions, or will they have been shaped by a quest for the truth. But even a love of knowledge or wisdom will not be sufficient. The question for all of us running the race is what will have been the shape of our lives leading up to death and what will be the state of our soul at that moment? Will our lives have been characterized by aimless desires, dominated by the whims of vagrant passion, or will they have been shaped by a quest for truth. But according to Dante, even a love of knowledge or wisdom will be insufficient. Beatrice criticizes Dante for following a school or a teaching that is discordant from her own. Some have speculated that Dante's school was that of philosophy or natural reason. But the critique cannot mean that Dante should completely abandon philosophy or reason or even pagan learning. Virgil has indeed been left behind, but the wisdom he provided is not repudiated. Moreover, 
the vision of the good in the earthly paradise features personifications of the virtues, not just the three theological virtues of faith, hope, and love, but also the four cardinal virtues, prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance, celebrated among the ancient pagans. Beatrice could well be targeting a tendency in Dante for preferring natural reason and natural virtue to faith and grace. In fact, it is precisely because natural virtue and reason are noble that they are temptations for a soul like Dante's. Even when they miss the mark, pagan heroes often exhibit an admirable greatness. As we reach the summit of Mount Purgatory with Dante, we might recall another character who caught a glimpse of Mount Purgatory. In Canto 26 of the Inferno, Dante encounters Ulysses, who provides a kind of postscript to Homer's Odyssey. In his restless desire for experience and knowledge, Ulysses leaves home again in search of adventure. He travels beyond the known world, and just as he catches sight of Mount Purgatory, he suffers shipwreck and he and his men perish. The tone of that canto indicates that Dante detects in Ulysses a certain grandeur. He is a kind of tragic hero, undone by his excessive desire for experience. His is a restless and proud spirit, much like Dante's own spirit was and would have continued to be, apart from the gift of faith and the reordering of his soul through grace. What Dante sees as a tragic fault in Ulysses is celebrated for its own sake in the poem Ulysses, written by the 19th century Victorian poet Alfred Lloyd Tennyson, who praises the ancient hero for always roaming with a hungry heart. A response to Tennyson on Dante's behalf is made by perhaps the greatest poet of the 20th century, T.S. Eliot. Toward the end of his work, The Four Quartets, he writes, We shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and to know the place for the first time. Through the unknown, unremembered gate, when the last of earth left to discover is that which was the beginning. Eliot affirms the human need to avoid a final resting here in time and space, but he does not counsel roaming aimlessly in search of ever new experiences. Instead, he portrays a goal-directed journey that leads paradoxically backward, just as Dante's journey does. We arrive where we started to know the place for the first time, as we pass through the gate of Eden and into the earthly paradise. There is a lesson here, not just about the human condition, but also about great works of art. Just as Virgil is in conversation with Homer, and Dante is in conversation with both of them, so too Eliot picks up the threads of tradition and is in conversation with all three of these poets, in addition to poets nearer to him in time and place, such as Tennyson. In the way Dante builds upon his predecessors, and others have built upon Dante, we find confirmation of the truth of the medieval proverb that in the study of wisdom, we stand on the shoulders of giants. Thank you for reading Dante's Divine Comedy with us. Continue the journey at 100daysofdante.com.
100 Days of Dante is brought to you by the Baylor University Honors College with support from the Torrey Honors College at Biola University, the Templeton Honors College at Eastern University, the University of Dallas, Whitworth University, and Gonzaga University in Florence.